From Wrigley Field in Chicago, it's the New York Mets and the Chicago Cubs in the final game of the 1962 season. Hi there, everybody. This is Ralph Kiner along with Bob Murphy and Lindsey Nelson from Wrigley Field on a good day for baseball. And the final game of the year coming your way. This, well, it's a good day for baseball right now. An overcast sky. The temperature 68 on the waterfront. 70 degrees at the airport, so about 69 degrees here at Wrigley Field. The two starting pitchers, Bob Buell going for the Chicago Cubs, warming up down on the third base side, and Bill Hunter for the New York Mets, warming up on the first base side. So right now, how about checking your own supply of fine cold Rheingold? Rheingold Extra Dry. Yes, sir, put some Rheingold on ice, because it can add a lot to your enjoyment of the game. Here is a beer with a clean, clear taste. Brisk and bright all the way through. Rheingold is beer as beer should taste. And dry tells you why. And say, right now would be a good time to light up a cool cigarette. You'll feel extra coolness in your throat when you come up to the menthol magic of cool. Well, the umpires coming out to home play, getting their usual reception here at Wrigley Field. And the game is about underway. The starting lineups for the Chicago Cubs, it will be Ken Hubbs at second base. Batting second and playing third base, Ron Sano. The third batter will be Bill Williams in left field. In the cleanup spot, Ernie Banks. He'll be playing first base. Playing in right field and batting fifth, George Altman. The sixth batter will be the center fielder, rookie Nelson Matthews. Batting seventh and playing shortstop, Andre Rogers. And the eighth man will be the catcher, Kuno Berrigan, followed by Bob Buell, right-hand pitcher. Buell with a record of 11 wins and 14 losses this year. For the Mets, Richie Ashburn will lead off and play second base. Batting second and catching Clarence Coleman. The third batter will be right fielder Joe Christopher. Batting in the cleanup spot, playing left field Frank Thomas. Batting fifth at first base, Marv Thromberry. The sixth batter, the third baseman Felix Mantia. Batting seventh and playing in center field, Jim Hickman. The eighth batter, the shortstop, Edio Chicon, and batting ninth and pitching, Bill Hunter. Hunter's record, one win and five losses this year. Well, it's Casey Stengel and acting manager Charlie Metro at home plate with the four umpires. Frank Sicori will be behind home plate. At first base, Tony Vinson. At second base, Paul Pryor. And the third base umpire will be Augie Donatelli. It's the final game of the year, and this has been quite some season. Five no-hit games pitched. No managers fired during the season, but right now today, a manager being released by the Cleveland Indians. It is Mr. McGahey of the Cleveland Indians, who is no longer with that club. He is supposedly, supposedly out trying to hook on with some other, some other major league club. Also, Hank Bauer resigned. He is finishing out the season for the Kansas City Athletics. In the season, it will see Pete Reynolds as the American League batting champion. At the moment, he's batting 326. Mickey Mantle with 318, still too far behind to catch up. Harmon Killebrew will lead the American League in home runs. He has 48 right now. He has also set a new strikeout record in the American League, 142. Norm Cash is in second place with 38 home runs. Killebrew will also lead the American League in runs batted in. He has 125. Norm Seaburn in second place has 117. The Yankees, of course, won the pennant in the American League. They lead Minnesota by six full games. In the National League, it's still up for grabs. The Los Angeles Dodgers with a one-game lead over San Francisco. If they win one more game, 
they will win the National League pennant. San Francisco, of course, has to win their remaining game to have any chance at all. Tommy Davis will lead the National League in batting at 347. Frank Robinson batting 340 is in second place. Mays has 46 home runs, Hank Aaron 45. And Tommy Davis will lead the National League in runs batted in. He has 150 compared to Mays' 136. And you fans have heard the gag about the one-game winning streak, but say, you who are smokers, did you ever find you were having a one-puff winning streak with your cigarette? That brand you've been smoking ever begin to taste hot and dry after the first puff? When things are going that way, folks, it's time you made a switch. It's time you changed the cool. Fact is, your cigarette's not tasting cool enough unless you're smoking cool. That's because cool's menthol magic actually brightens taste. It's refreshing all day through. You'll feel extra coolness in your throat all day long. Extra coolness other cigarettes simply can't give you. Because they just don't have that menthol magic cool's got. So get out of that smoking slump. Come up. All the way up to cool. Get cool filter kings with the pure white filter or cool without filter. All the starting pitchers all through warming up. It's Bob Buell, so on with the game. And incidentally, the makers of cool are happy to be part a big part in bringing you these games all season long. And they especially hope you will enjoy this final game of the 1962 season. And now to bring you the play-by-play, Bob Murphy. Thank you very much, Rob. Here we go in the final the New York Mets, Richie Ashburn. And the first pitch thrown by Bob Buell is taken inside, ball one. For Richie Ashburn, the 35-year-old, 15-year veteran from Tilden, Nebraska, he'll be winding up the ninth year in his brilliant career in which he has hit 300 or more. Pitch thrown by Buell, breaks in there for a call strike. One ball, one strike. The on-deck batter is Clarence Coleman with Joe Christopher hitting third. Veteran right-hander Bob Buell pitching for the Cubs. Down comes his pitch and the ball is bunted. It is a foul ball. You know, Berrigan pouncing on the ball, but it was fouled by about a foot. So the count is one and two on Richie Ashburn. Richie making his second major league appearance at second base. He played an inning against the Cubs at second in the polo grounds. Now Buell looking in for his sign from Kino Berrigan. Nobody on, nobody out. The game just underway here at Wrigley Field. Very comfortable day. Now Buell into his windup, delivers. A fly ball hit the left field, running toward the line as Billy Williams. Right on the line, he's under it and makes the catch. He went a stride over the line and the foul ground to take it. One away and nobody on. The batter now will be Clarence Peter Coleman. Two-two hitting at 255 on the year. Fastball on the outside corner for a call strike. We'll be passing along all the scores of the other games, both Major League Baseball and professional football as they come in. Now Choo-Choo tries to drag a bunt, but it goes foul, strike two.
Here's the windup. Down comes the pitch, and it's bounced foul. Now the pitch on the way. A check swing grounder hit down to third. Fielded by Sano. And the peg to Ernie Banks is in time. Getting 2-2 Coleman. Two men down. Well, the tremendous National League pennant race right down to the final day. Dodgers losing last night have now lost nine of their last 12. Houston behind Bob Bruce beating San Francisco in the second game of a doubleheader yesterday. 4-2 to two to gain a split in the twin bill. The Dodgers with a victory can nail down the flag should they wind up in a deadlock the playoff series opens tomorrow in San Francisco two outs nobody on Joe Christopher up and the pitches ran in there for a call strike One ball, one strike on Joe Christopher. Well, the games on the West Coast will be three hours behind New York in time. So the Dodger-Cardinal game will get underway at 5 p.m. New York time. Foul ball back upstairs and out of play. The game in San Francisco will start an hour earlier. They start at 1 o'clock in San Francisco or 4 o'clock in New York. West Coast is still on Pacific Daylight Time. Count is even on Joe Christopher at 2-2. Two and two. And now it's whack foul upstairs and out of play. Now the pitch by Buell, a fly ball hit right down the right field line. Now it's twisting foul, and it's over in the seats out of play. Buell on the year has won 11 while losing 14, and he has an earned run average of 4.01. 30 starts, 7 complete ball games. Bob Buell, veteran right-hander who came to the Cubs early in the year from the Milwaukee Braves. Now the 2-2 pitch. Breaking ball outside and low, a full count, three and two. The outfield swung around toward left. Sally Hemus coaching at first and Cookie Lamagetto at third. Now a swing and a miss, strike three. Christopher struck out by Buell. No runs, no hits, no errors, none left on. The score in the middle of the first inning. The New York Mets nothing and the Chicago Cubs coming to bat. Now here's the score on cigarettes. If you figure you're losing out with the brand that's tasting hotter and drier with every smoke, make a real switch. Come all the way up to cool. Your cigarette's not tasting cool enough unless you're smoking cool. You're not smoking cool enough till you come up to cool. Cool menthol magic brightens taste, refreshing all day through. Feel extra coolness in your throat as cool comes through for you. 
Your cigarette's not tasting cool enough unless you're smoking cool. You're not smoking cool, cool, cool enough till you come up to cool. Yes, sir, fans, Cool's menthol magic will score every time. You'll feel extra coolness in your throat all through the game. Get Cool Filter Kings or Cool Without Filter. In the first quarter this afternoon in the Polo Grounds, on a scoring pass from Butch Sangin to Maynard, the New York Titans are leading the Denver Broncos 7-3 in the first quarter. Broncos took the early lead on a field goal. This being our final broadcast of the year and following the New York Mets throughout the entire season, we certainly want to pay our thanks to those at WABC, the flagship station on our New York Mets baseball network, who have helped us so much behind the scenes. To our baseball coordinator for WABC, Paul Fecto, who has been a big help throughout the year. And to the studio directors, Jim Karras and Floyd Peterson. And our engineers at the Polo Grounds, Joe Vernon and Carl Lindquist. And out west, Joe Krasnicka and Bud Bombaugh. Bill Hunter on the mound for the New York Mets. He fires the fastball that is taken high by Kenny Hubbs. One ball and no strikes. Second baseman, Kenny Hubbs. Needs only eight more times at bat, which he will not get undoubtedly, to get into the Cub record book. Ball two, two and nothing. Now Bill Hunter out of his windup, down comes the pitch. A drive hit hard down the left field line, foul ball into the bullpen. Hubs getting around on the fastball thrown by Hunter, and the count goes two and one. Kenny Hubs has been up to bat 658 times. Now the 2 1 delivery. He holds up, and it's outside and high, three and one. The Chicago Cub club record for times at bat in a season, held by Babe Herman at 600, is Billy Herman at 666. Ball four, it's inside, and Hubs walks, leading off the first inning. Casey plans to use about three pitchers, maybe even four, in the game this afternoon. For Chicago, Luke Klein on the coaching lines at first, and Charlie Metro running the ball club off the coaching lines at third. The outfield around toward left. Fastball right in there, a call strike on Ron Sano, the third baseman. Sano hitting a 227. For an average, it has been a disappointing year for young Ron Sano, but he has hit with good power. 17 home runs and 83 runs batted in. Foul ball back upstairs, no play. Down strike two now. On Ron Sano. Now the pitch on the way. Inside and low. A good grab by Juju Coleman lunging off to his left. Well, the New York Mets got a very encouraging pitching performance yesterday out of right-hander Bob Miller. As a matter of fact, Bob in his last two starts pitched a tremendous baseball against the Cubs. Ground ball hammered toward the hole. Mantilla up with it. Throws to second. There's one on the first. Not in time. 
They erased the lead runner, Kenny Hubs, on the hard grounder. Manzia made a good play going off to his left to get the ground ball. One away and one on now in the last half of the first, and coming on to hit will be Billy Williams. Billy hitting an even 300. He'll be fighting hard to keep that average over the 300 mark in this final game of the season. Ground ball slowly hit towards second. Ashburn has it. Over to Chacon for the force play. Ralph, I guess there wouldn't be anything much more disappointing than to hit 300 all year the way Billy Williams has and then drop below the last day of the year. That's right, Bob. For some unusual reason, 300's a magic number and 299 just doesn't quite get it. And the battle all the way down the line and on the last day to slide out of that 300 circle, it certainly is disappointing. Now Ernie Banks stepping in. Ernie hit his 37th homer for the only runoff, Bob Miller, yesterday. Of course, losing the batting title on the last day would be even more disappointing. That'd be a real heartbreaker. Foul ball back. You saw that happen, I think, didn't you, in uh, Philadelphia when Ted Williams had the big day the last day of the season. Or was that 400, though, wasn't it? Well, that was the year he hit 400, That's but right. he did nose out uh, Pete Runnels for the batting title on the last day of the season in Washington about four years ago. Well, Pete's got it sewed up right now. This will be his second American League batting title. Here's the pitch on the way. A smash up towards short. Elio is up with it. He pegs over to Ashburn, and they have the fourth play on the side is out. In the first inning, no runs, no hits, no errors, and one left arm. So at the end of one, the score, the York Mets nothing and the Chicago Cubs nothing. Well, I know one thing we're going to be enjoying this winter is watching the progress of the beautiful new baseball stadium at Flushing Meadow in Long Island. It is going to be the real showplace of baseball, even surpassing the fabulous stadium on the West Coast that is known as Dodger Stadium or Chavez Ravine and the beautiful new stadium in Washington. The New York Mets will be opening their home season next year in the very finest baseball stadium in the world. Progress is sufficient so that the New York Mets are now accepting applications for season boxes and combination plan tickets. Prospective purchasers may send names and addresses to ticket manager. Polo Grounds, New York 39, and application blanks will be sent them. If you are a present subscriber, you need not apply as an application will be mailed to you. Now Frank Thomas will come out to lead off against right-hander Bob Buell in the top half of the second. First pitch thrown by the veteran right-hander is over for a strike. Now the wind-up delivery on the way. Outside and low. One ball, one strike. Frank makes his off-season home in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Now the wind-up. One-one pitch. Outside and low in the count. Two and one. Although it has been a baseball season, it has been a tough one for the New York Mets. They've lost 39 games by the margin of one run. The season has passed very fast. Foul ball off his foot. No play in the count, two and two. The wonderful sense of humor of manager Casey Stingle has made the season glad by in a hurry, Ralph. 
He certainly has made it easy, and he's a wonderful guy. Even right today, before the game, he was in there talking about next year and making it all sound extremely interesting and making the season even that much better. Two and two on Frank Thomas. Ground ball hammered foul down the third baseline. No play in the count. Stays the same. Well, we all know that nobody likes to win any more than Casey Stengel, who has known the glory of tennis and world championships, and it's a tremendous credit to Casey that he has remained as calm and as patient throughout the year as he has. Full count, three and two. He has never given up in any ball game and has constantly worked for the younger players trying to improve them. Now the three two-pits slashed on the ground over second, fielded behind second by Hubs, and the peg to first is in time, and the defensive shift takes the base in away from Frank Thomas. He hit that ball hard and right over second base. But the second baseman, Kenny Hubs, was playing him directly behind second on the edge of the center field grass. You know, Bob, the last day of the season is really a strange day for ball players. They're all packed up, ready to go. And then the day comes around, and they're sorry to see it kick right there. About a week later, they wish the season would start up again. Marv Thronberry, the batter. Well, Marv will be catching an airplane from Memphis, Tennessee. He lives in Collierville, just outside Memphis. But Marv won't be staying there very long. Here's the pitch. Long drive hit foul down the right field line. Like many ball players, Thronberry does a lot of hunting and fishing during the offseason, so he's just going to go home, get a couple of bird dogs, and head for Kansas for some hunting. Now the 1-1 pitch. One ball and two strikes. The slow-breaking ball is over. Hobbies for ball players usually are either golf, watching other sports, football and basketball, hockey, or hunting and fishing. I know our, our own Ralph Kanter spends his off-season activity on the golf course as often as he can. Now the 2-2 two -two pitch. Ground ball bounced down to third. Fielded by Ron Sano. And the peg to first is in time for the out. Two down. Bob, I used to play a little tennis in the offseason, too, but I gave that up. When you can't beat your own wife, you've got to play another game. Well, I'll tell you one thing about that golf. You don't have to run quite as much. It does make a difference. Now Felix Mantilla hitting. Pitch is right in there. Well, I'll tell you one thing. When you're trying to beat your wife in tennis, if your wife happens to be Nancy Chafee Kanter, it's not too easy to do. I think I tackled a little too much there when I started out. I think you're overmatched. Next pitch on the way. Whack foul by Felix upstairs and out of play. You know, Bob, I told her when I married her that I would beat her within a year. And I really went at it seriously. And it didn't take, uh, well, actually, it took me a little longer than a year. It took me 18 months. And a month after I beat her, she had our first son. So you can imagine what kind of shape she was in. Boy, oh boy, now we know about you. One ball and two strikes. Ralph Kiner will be known as the man who beat his wife. In tennis. Outside and low, and the count is two and two. Nancy still play much tennis? She plays a lot and plays extremely well right now, but she's not in good shape for competitive tennis. That's a very tough game. You have to be in great shape. Here's the 2-2 two -two pitch. 
Line drive hit by Felix, and that's a fair ball down the left field line. Felix around first is trying for two. The peg coming in from Billy Williams, not in time, and sliding in with a double is Felix Mantilla. Well, here's a ball player, Felix Mantilla, that has been a much better hitter than I thought he would be. He certainly has turned out to be a good hitter in the full season of play. In fact, he surprised everybody, including Casey Stengel. Casey thought he was an outstanding defensive player and not real good with the bat, but he has turned out to be a very consistent hitter for the Mets. Now the hitter is Jim Hickman. Outside and low. Ralph, when we were down in spring training this year, you were one of the very first to tab Jim Hickman as a fellow with possibilities and potential. Has he developed over the year as you had hoped he would? I think he's shown fine signs of development. He really has improved, even though the average isn't quite short. Ground ball hits slowly back toward the mound. Buell up with it. Makes the play over to first in time for the out. So the Mets are out in the second. No runs, one hit, no errors, one left on. At the end of an inning and a half, the score, Mets nothing and the Cubs nothing. And now a word from Cool Cigarettes. Are you thinking of changing to a menthol cigarette? Well, don't make a disappointing change. Make the right change. Come up to cool. Here's why. Your cigarette's not tasting cool enough unless you're smoking cool. You're not smoking cool enough till you come up to cool. Cool's menthol magic, bright with taste, refreshing all day through. Feel extra coolness in your throat as cool comes through for you. You're not smoking cool, cool, cool enough. Enjoy the extra coolness you feel in your throat when you smoke cool. Enjoy that bright, clear taste all day long. Come up to cool. Cool with the pure white filter or cool without filter. Now we go along to the last half of the second inning. In pro football at the half, the Philadelphia Eagles lead the Cleveland Browns 14-7. At the end of the first quarter, the Detroit Lions lead the Baltimore Colts 10-7. At the end of the first quarter, Washington Redskins 7, St. Louis Cardinals nothing. At the end of the first quarter, the Pittsburgh Steelers 14 and the New York Giants 3. In the first quarter, the New York Titans lead the Denver Broncos at the Polo Grounds 7-3. Now George Altman is up, last of the second, and a foul ball hit back into the screen, strike one. In baseball, Houston at San Francisco this afternoon. That game will start at 4 o'clock in New York. Cardinals and the Dodgers at 5 o'clock in New York. Philadelphia at Cincinnati with Mahaffey trying again to get his 20th, opposed by John Saturis. Pittsburgh will be at Milwaukee. The 1-1 pitch to George Altman is inside, driving him back from the plate. The end of two innings at Yankee Stadium, New York 2, the White Sox 1. Ray Herbert going for his 20th against Bill Stafford. The White Sox a half game behind Detroit and fourth place. The end of five innings, Washington 2, the Red Sox nothing. Cheney against Conley. They're playing a doubleheader after being rained out yesterday, and they're also playing a doubleheader in Cleveland, with the Indians leading the Angels 4-3 to at the end of 4.5, Newman against McDowell. 
Next pitch to Altman is way outside. Full count, three and two. Now the windup, 3-2 delivery. A foul ball hit back upstairs and out of play. Now Hunter into his windup, the pitch to Altman. A drive in the air to center field. Hickman will have to play it on the hop. It's a base hit. So Altman leads off the last half of the second with a single to center field. Coming on to hit now will be the rookie center fielder, Nelson Matthews. The outfield around toward left, Matthews' right-hand batter. Takes inside and low, it's ball one. Nelson Matthews, just 21 years old, he had a good year at Wenatchee in the Class B Northwest League. He has the size, he's 6'4 and weighs 210, he bats out of a crouch. Breaking ball in the dirt, ball two, two and nothing. Rogers Hornsby has been here for each game of the series, Rogers lives in Chicago, and has been serving as a coach and scout for the New York Mets. Two old pitch. Inside and lowest ball three, three and nothing. Bill Hunter on the verge of getting into a jam now behind on Matthews, three and oh. Ball four, it's inside and low. Matthews walks on four pitches. Now the Chicago Cubs have two men on. Nobody out, and coming on to hit is Andre Rodgers. Outfield swung around toward left. The right-handed batting Andre Rodgers. Altman let off with a single. Matthews walked on four pitches. Way inside, he had to jump to keep from being hit on that one. And the plate starts to move around on lefty Bill Hunter. This has been a year in baseball in which many outstanding things have been accomplished. Now Hunter up in position. They look for the bunt. Pickoff play. Throw to second. Almost a wide throw. Elio darting over to grab it glove-handed. Los Angeles Dodgers breaking the all-time home attendance record when they drew almost 50,000 yesterday to erase the old mark held by Cleveland. Low. Ball two. Two and nothing. Little Mari Wills helping to pack many of the fans into Dodger Stadium with a tremendous season in which he has... Stolen 100 bases. Next pitch on the way. 
Ball three inside and low, and we're going to get some warm-up action now in the bullpen for the New York Mets. Ray Davio will start loosening up. I think most baseball fans would, would have conceded a player a better chance of hitting 70 home runs than the chance of stealing 100 bases. I think you're right, Bob. I think that's one record that no one thought would be broken. It's going to revolutionize baseball. I think you'll find all the clubs, they have been doing more of it all the time, running more, and it's going to change the defenses considerably. It has uh, really been an eye-popper, no doubt about it. Now the free opens. Ball four inside, Hunter walks Rogers, and then loads the bases with nobody out. No, sir, I thought the Ty Cobb's record was there forever. Now, Kuno Berrigan is up, right-handed batting catcher. Way inside, it pops away from Choo-Choo, but he quickly retrieves, and there's no advance on the line. Well, when you think that every one of those stolen bases is just like a two-base hit, you can certainly realize how valuable he has been to the Los Angeles Dodgers. That means that he probably has, uh, with the, the actual doubles and stolen bases, probably around 130, 135 doubles. Yeah. Now the windup and the pitch thrown. Inside... Hunter can't seem to get it over right now. And yet, if the Dodgers win the pennant, it's going to be a tremendous battle between Tommy Davis, who's had an outstanding year, and Mario Wills, and maybe Don Drysdale for the Most Valuable Player Award. Tommy Davis has had a fabulous year. Leads the major leagues in batting. He's knocked 150 runs in. Next pitch by Hunter. In the dirt, it's ball three. And now... He has to get this one over or force a run across the plate. Count three and oh on Kino Berrigan. Bases loaded, nobody out. Ray Davio warming up in the bullpen as Bill Hunter hits a wildness streak here in the second inning. Now the windup, 3-0 delivery. Two highest, ball four, three walks in a row. Run batted in for Kino Berrigan, and that brings Casey Stingle out. Now Casey's on the way to the mound, and he'll bring Ray Davio into the game. Following the game today, Casey will be flying to his home in Glendale, California. And, of course, we'll see the World Series games and be talking to the baseball people from the other Major League Ball Clubs during the series games that are played on the West Coast either Los Angeles or San Francisco. So we'll have a pitching change made here in the second. A wildest streak forcing Bill Hunter out of the game, and Ray Davio is coming on in relief. On this, our final day of the 1962 season, we would be quite remiss if we did not say thanks to many of the wonderful people in the New York Mets organization who are not in the limelight, do not receive the attention of the press and the radio and television coverage, but nonetheless are so vitally important to the operation of a Major League Ball Club. So our thanks from all of us to Margaret Regetz, George Weiss's secretary, to Rose Strata, who so capably handles the secretarial work for Johnny Murphy, for Madeline Calasurda, who 
serves in the same capacity for Tom Meany, for Linda Gangloff, Julie Adler's secretary, Mary Ann Konicki, who is the secretary for Bill Burgage, the farm director. And our thanks, too, to Joe D D Gregorio and Eddie Milosek, to Annette Van Tyke, Pete Mustachio, and, of course, to a fellow who has worked long and hard throughout the year, has been with us every moment, the traveling secretary and the former sports editor of the old Brooklyn Eagle, Lou Ness. Right here, let's take a quick pause for station identification. This is WGY's Connected 810 on your dial, where the time is now two minutes past three o'clock, and the temperature 65 degrees. Now Ray Davio is on in relief, and Bob Buell is the batter with the bases loaded, nobody out, and one run in. Davio into his windup. Now the pitch, way up high, it's ball one. Bob Davio couldn't have a better spot to come in to relieve in because Bob Buell has yet to get a base hit this year. He's been up 66 times without a base hit. Now that's hard to believe. I think he had the law of averages going for him to get him out, didn't you? You know, you'd think he could just get the bat and the ball and it would go somewhere for a base hit and all those times at bat. I didn't realize that. 66 at-bats without a hit. And the pitch is in there for a call strike. He was taking, and I can understand why he was taking. I think they give him four take signs every time he comes up. I bet they'd have him take on three and two, wouldn't they? Absolutely. I've seen that done, too. Yeah, that has been done many times. One and one now on Bob Buell. Here comes the pitch. Foul ball back. I remember a number of years ago when I was living out in Oklahoma, Ralph, and I was listening to a Game of the Day broadcast, and Tom Meany was doing a guest appearance and broadcasting an inning, and Preacher Rowe came to bat. He was one of the worst hitters in baseball. And Meany had a great description. He looked at him, and he said, Here is the least menacing hitter I have ever seen. <laughs> One and two on Bob Buell. I guess we could not be flowery and say he cast a menacing shadow at the plate or anything. Swing and a miss, he struck him out. Well, that makes 67, Ralph. One away now. And the batter coming on is Kenny Huff. Now Davio into his windup. The pitch to Hubs. A smash hit on the air. Caught by Ashburn. Now he throws to first for a double play on the side is off. Hard line drive by Kenny Hubs. Glove-handed by Ashburn going to his left. And Richie then throws over to first for the double play. In the second, one run, one hit, no errors, two left on. And now at the end of two innings to score, the Chicago Cubs won and the New York Mets nothing. Well, this is our final game of the 1962 season. The return of the National League has now completed a year, and I'm sure that you'll want to get your copy of the new and completely revised Mets yearbook as a souvenir. It contains a history of the many famous sporting events which took place in the polo grounds, boxing and football as well as baseball, biographies and photos of Casey and all the coaches, a lot of action pictures. You may get your copy simply by addressing your correspondence the Mets yearbook, the Polo Grounds, New York 39, and enclosed 50 cents. It'll make a fine souvenir and an item that you'll want to keep in your sports library. And fans, the makers of cool cigarettes have been mighty happy to follow the Mets 
from coast to coast, from Wisconsin to Texas throughout the year. We hope you've enjoyed the game. Right now we go along to the third inning, and a fellow that we certainly have enjoyed working with who has done a great job throughout the year, Mr. Ralph Kiner. Thank you, Bob. It's easy as you go now against Bob Buell. And the first pitch here in the third is low for ball one. Buell has given up no runs, and he has allowed only one base hit. That was a double to Felix Mantia. Helio batting for the first time, hitting 238. He bats from the right-hand side, and the 1-0 pitch is a called strike by home plate umpire Frank Sikori. Count now, one and one. On deck batter is Ray Davio. He'll be followed by Richie Ashburn. Now the 1-1 pitch. It's low and inside for ball two. So it's two balls and one. Helio has hit two home runs this year, and he has driven in 27 runs. The 2-1 pitch. Outside is ball three. Chacon is tied with Richie Ashburn for the club lead in stolen bases. He has 12. And on the season, he has walked 75 times. Just six behind Richie Ashburn, who leads the club with 81. Now the 3-1 pitch. It's low for ball four. So Chacon now with his sixth... Make it his 76th walk. And the Mets have the time run at first base with no one out. And coming up to bat, Ray Davio. He bats the right-hand side. And Bob Buell with the third baseman looking for the bunt takes the sign, goes into the stretch. And the first pitch, a swing and a miss for strike one. Sano at third base, just about 60 feet away, bracing as Davio swung away. Davio with one hit in 14 appearances, batting 071. And now the bunt try. He takes it, though. It's outside. One ball, one strike. Charging from third, Ron Sano, also from first base, Ernie Banks. Shortstop moving over to cover second base, and of course the second baseman moving to cover first. And if the outfielders are in on the play like they should be, the right fielder backs up first base on the play, and the center fielder moves on in. There's a bunt try this time. Davio misses strike two. One ball, two strikes. Bob Buell to Ray Davio. No one out. The score one to nothing in favor of the Cubs. Top of the third. And now Davio takes the curveball over. Strike three call. Buell with his second strikeout in the game. And it brings up Richie Ashburn. Richie fouled out to the left fielder his first time up. Williams playing Ashburn as though he were a right-hand batter. He bats from the left-hand side. Chacon at first, and the pitch back is a strike call, a fastball through. Buell, a one-time blazing fast. Right now, his best pitch is slider. He has pitched good ball for the Chicago Cubs. One of his wins is shut out over the Dodgers, one to nothing. Now the one-strike pitch bounced down toward first. Ernie Banks comes in, but the ball goes foul. Though Ashburn has saved it out and going back to first base after moving on down to second, Elias Chacon. 
Jewell this year has won 11 games, lost 14. Against the Mets in four appearances, he is 0-1. This is his 35th appearance of the year and his 31st start. Buell now reading the sign from Kuno Berrigan into the stretch position. And the two-strike pitch is fouled away, and the count stays it on two. The Yankees won the American League pennant. The National League still up for grabs. Dodgers can cinch it by winning the day. Or they can back in if they lose and San Francisco loses. and two to Richie Ashburn and he now follows the next pitch to the left side out of play and the count stays again at 0-2. If there's a playoff the first game will be played on Monday at San Francisco. Second game will be played Tuesday in Los Angeles and if necessary the third game also will be played in Los Angeles. World Series scheduled to start on Thursday with a playoff. Wednesday of course with no playoff. Now the two-strike pitch again, and again a foul ball. This one straight back. So Richie stays alive at 0-2. Score one to nothing, favor the Cubs. One man out in the top of the third. Minnesota has since second place. The Los Angeles Angels have since third place. Fourth place still being contested. Detroit and Chicago spread by one half game. Now the two-strike pitch, a swing and a miss for strike three, and Bob Buell picks up strikeout number three, and also his second out here in the top of the third. In the National League, first and second, still undecided, but Cincinnati has since third place, and Pittsburgh has since fourth place. Milwaukee will finish fifth, they have since fifth position. Now it's Clarence Coleman, left-hand batting catcher. Clarence bounced to third his first time up, and he swings and fouls the first pitch away for strike one. The batting races already decided. Pete Reynolds will lead the American League in hitting. He's hitting 326. In the National League, it will be Tommy Davis, the leader with a 347 average, going into today's action. Frank Robinson is too far behind to catch up, batting 340. And also, Mickey Mantle has lost his chance to catch up. He's hitting 318. There's a foul ball again, strike two. Harmon Killebrew will lead the American League in home runs. He has 48. Cash in second place has 38. In the National League, the home run leader, still undecided. Willie Mays with 46. And Hank Aaron with a chance. He has 45. Tommy Davis will lead the Major Leagues and runs batted in. He has 150. In the American League, the leader will be Harmon Killebrew. He has 125 right now. Now the two-strike pitch. It's outside, ball one. One ball, two strikes. Killebrew has had a strange season. He will lead the league and runs batted in and home run. He also has set a new American League strikeout record, striking out 142 times. There's a ball hit down the left field side, going over Sano in foul territory. Coming in Williams, and no one can get to it. So Coleman keeps the count at one ball and two strikes. And Chacon, who had rounded and gone to third base, now cuts across the infield, returning to first.
home and one time a dead ball hitter has been working very hard on trying to hit the ball to left field. Now he fouls the pitch back on the screen. So once again, it stays in one and two with two outs. Cubs lead one to nothing, top of the third. Bob Buell to Clarence Coleman, left-hand batting catcher. And the one-two pitch, a change of pace, a swing and a miss for strike three, and Bob Buell, after walking Elio Chacon, strikes out the side. No runs, no hits, no errors, one walk, one man left, and the score at the end of two and one-half innings of play. The Chicago Cubs won, the New York Mets nothing. Now a popular question put to music by none other than Guy Lombardo. Who is the girl who be the girl Miss Ryan Gold, 62? She be a beauty, she be really cute, the only girl for me. Carol Loretta, Eileen Beverly, is true or Chris the one girl who will be that famous girl, that charming girl, Miss Ryan Gold, 63. This is Guy Lombardo. Who will be Miss Ryan Gold, 1963? Your vote may decide who'll have the fame and fortune of representing Ryan Gold Extra Dry, the beer that gets most New Yorkers' votes. So vote now. They're all so charming, I'm in such a fix. Yes, I'll just have to vote for all six. Who is the girl who be the girl Miss Ryan goes six to three? Bottom half of the third inning, Ron Sano leading off for the Chicago Cubs. They lead one nothing. And on the mound for them, that's Ray Davio. Ray came in the game in the second inning with no one out. And he picked up three quick outs, one on a strikeout, the other two on double plays, on a double play. That's now with 163 double plays this year. Cubs have set a new club record for double plays. They have 177, breaking the old record of 176. First pitch to Sano is low ball one. Old record set by the 1928 Chicago team. Of course, that's a rather dubious record. You can't make double plays unless your pitchers put runners on base. Sano hit into a fourth play his first time up. He's 0 for 1. And now he takes high inside, ball 2. Ron batting 227. 17 home runs, 83 runs batted in. He bats from the right-hand side. It will be Sano, Williams, and Banks against Ray Davio here in the third. And the right-hander back to work with a curveball, a swing and a miss for strike one. Two balls and one strike. Bill Hunter started the game, worked one official inning, and he is the pitcher of record on the losing side. One run scored against him. There's a strike call to Sano. Count now two and two. Two balls, two strikes, no one out. Bottom half of the third, and the pitch back. Her ball fouled away. So the count stays at two and two. Well, this has been a rather unusual year. Dean Conley tried to go to Israel in the middle of the year. Maury Wills sold 100 bases. And Frank Robinson, 27 years of age, has announced his retirement. 
Here's the 2-2 pitch. There's a line shot in the center field of base hit. Dano goes to first base and holds. So that's the first hit off Ray Davio, the second in the game for the Cubs. It brings up Bill Williams. Williams batting from the left-hand side, hit into a forced play his first time up. He's hitting an even 300. Eight home runs. And he takes low for ball one. Davio back, and a fly ball hits the center field. Chasing Jim Hickman back by the wall. He has room, and he makes the catch. All the way down to second base, Ron Sano. He waited for the catch before he returned to first. Hickman catching that ball about 395 feet away from Hall. He was right on the edge of the morning track. Center field here, 400 feet away in straightaway center. 353 down the right field line, and 355 down the left field line. But in right and left center, the distances are shortened up considerably due to an ordinary bleacher setup. It's 368 in right and left center field. Now the batter is Ernie Banks, who has used these dimensions to his advantage for many years. Ernie with 37 home runs. And he takes low ball one. Ernie hit his 37th in yesterday's game. The only run off Bob Miller as he won his first victory of the year. Ernie hit into a force play his first time up. He bats on the right-hand side. Throw to four, first base, but Sano is back easily. Now Davio back to Banks, and there's a slowly hit ground ball down the short. So going over to second to Ashburn in time. The first base, not in time. The ball in the dirt dug out by Mars Thronberry. So Richie Ashburn in the middle of the double play attempt did not get the ball to first in time, and Banks exchanges at first base with Ron Sano. Two men out now, and George Altman comes up. It was Altman who got the first base into the ball game in the second inning. He later scored the only run of the game when Kuno Berrigan walked with the bases loaded against Bill Hunter. And the first pitch to Altman, a curve inside ball one. George batting 315. He leads the Cub batters. And now Davio back to the left-hand batter with a change of pace. It's outside and high, ball two. A throw to first by Coleman, but Ernie Banks easily back. Next pitch to Altman to check in the swing in time. And it's ball three. Three balls and no strikes. Cubs scored their run in the first inning when Altman singled to center field. Then Nelson Matthews, Andre Rogers, and Kuno Berrigan walked successively. Berrigan's walk, forcing in the only run of the game. It's the bottom half of the third. Now the 3-0 pitch. Altman takes strike one. The on-deck batter is Nelson Matthews, right-hand batting center fielder. 
Down three balls and one strike, two men out. Ernie Banks at first base, Lou Klein, the coach at first, giving him the sign as to whether or not he should go. He does not go, and the pitch is low, a curve for ball four. Altman walks, moving Banks 90 feet ahead. And now the batter will be Nelson Matthews. Matthews batting 277. Right hand batting center fielder. Young rookie brought up from Monachi in the Northwest League. And now Davio with his first pitch. It's low, ball one. Ernie Banks at second base. George Altman at first. A 1 0 count on Nelson Matthews. Two men out. The score, 1-0. Favor the Cubs, bottom half of the third. Matthews at 368 for Wenatchee. 24 home runs and 78 runs batted in. He's 21 years of age. And the 1-0 pitch to the right-hand batter. A curve looked at. Strike one. One ball, one strike. Well, with Billy Ott, Nelson Matthews, Freddie Burdett... Cubs have some famous last names going for them. Now the 1-1 pitch to the right-hand batter. It's low, ball two. Two balls and one strike with two out, and now Coleman running the ball back to the mound. At the polo grounds, a field goal by Denver's Mingo from the 17-yard line, giving the Denver Broncos a 13-10 lead over the New York Titans. Two balls and one strike as Davio comes back to the plate. It's high inside, ball three. So Davio now a pitch away from walking the bases full. Davio with a long look at the signs from Coleman. Runners at first and second. And now the 3-1 pitch. It's hit to center field. It's going to be a tough chance. It might drop in coming over Christopher. He can't get to it. He takes it on the first bounce. Here comes the throw in. Ernie Banks has scored. And holding at third base, the ball getting away from the catcher is George Altman. Going into second base on the two-base hit is Nelson Matthews. And the Cubs now leading the game by a score of 2-0. The throw in from Hickman was relayed in. The ball got away from Coleman, the catcher. Davio was right behind to back up the play. And Altman had no chance to move on from third. It's two to nothing now, and Andre Rogers, right-hand batting shortstop, steps up to the plate. And the first pitch to Rogers hit down to short. A good play by Chacon as he comes up with the ball. He goes to first base in time to retire the side. In the inning, the Cubs had one more run to their score on two hits. There were no errors. And two men were left on. And the score now at the end, uh, three innings of play. The Chicago Cubs two, the New York Mets nothing.
Well, right at the Polo Grounds today, the New York Titans playing their first home game against the Denver Broncos, and the score there, 13-10 in favor of Denver, as Denver has just taken the lead away on a field goal by Mingo. Don't forget that tickets for all the home Titan games are on sale right now at the Polo Grounds and also downtown at the New York Mets ticket offices. Downtown, they're located in Grand Central Station over by the Vanderbilt ramp and also in Pennsylvania Station in the Long Island waiting room. So tickets for all the home games of the New York Titans are now available. The Titans are battling the Denver Broncos right at this moment in the Polo Grounds. The score there... 13 to 10 in favor of Denver. Right here, the score is 2 to nothing in favor of the Cubs. And the Mets coming to bat in the top of the fourth inning. Cubs with a run in the second and third innings. And the Mets looking for their first run. They have had two base runners. One was Felix Mantilla on a double. The other, Ilya Chacon in a walk. And now Joe Christopher batting for the second time against Bob Buell. And he looks at a change of pace curve for strike one. Joe struck out swinging on a change of pace his first time up. He's batting 247. And the pitch back to the right-hand batter is outside. One ball, one strike. Final game of the year. Cubs against the New York Mets. Buell back to Christopher outside. Two balls and one strike. Bob Buell with a record of 11 wins and 14 losses. He was traded to the Cubs from Milwaukee for Jack Curtis. Earlier in the season, Bob had quite a record for the Milwaukee Braves in many seasons. Now the 2-1 pitch. It's popped up by home play. The catcher, Kuno Berrigan, comes out. But now Sano calling. And Sano makes the catch right near the foul line. One man out, and the batter will be Frank Thomas. Frank was robbed of a base hit his first time up by the exaggerated shift put on by the Cubs. He hit one right through the middle, very hard on the ground. Kenny Hubbs, who was playing over close to second base, went in back of the bag on the grass to pick up the ball and throw him out. Frank batting 264, 33 home runs, and 93 runs batted in. And Bob Buell with his first pitch, a good fastball on the inside corner, strike one. Buell's still fast, not as fast as he was, but he still throws hard. One strike pitch to Frank. A slider that's outside, ball one. Thomas checking his swing just in time. One ball, one strike. The 1-1 pitch, a curveball swung and a miss for strike two. Buell with a good curve. One ball, two strikes. On deck batter, Mark Thronberry. The score, 2-0 in favor of the Cubs. Top of the fourth inning. And now Buell back to work. And he just misses with a curveball. Ball two. It's just off the outside corner. Bruno Berrigan, the catcher, thought he had it. Buell now join the rubber. Gets the sign, winds and comes back. It's a drive to left field. It could go all the way. And there it goes. A home run. Well, 
Frank Thomas riding out his 34th home run of the year, and that's his first home run here in Wrigley Field. And there has only been one park in the National League that Frank has not hit a home run in, and that was Houston. And the score now is 2-1 to one in favor of the Cubs. Frank with 94 RBIs, and the batter coming on is Mark Romberry. That was a line shot that hit off of the back wall and back of the regular front wall here at Wrigley Field. And the first pitch to Thronbury. Change the pace high. Ball one. Buell now back to the left-hand batter. And it's inside off of the catch. Off of the umpire's right shin guard. Ball went right by Berrigan. He didn't even get his glove on it. And now Frank Shigori hopping around. He's got shin guards on. But that ball hit him very solidly. Berrigan never got his glove on the ball. It was not a bad pitch because the umpire sits right behind the catcher. Now Satori, who is an outfielder, takes a look at the ball and also adjusts the safe guard. Well, an umpire will get no sympathy. Not from any ball player, I'm sure. Satori's still taking time to let the pain away. While we take this time, let's pause for station identification. This is WGY Schenectady, 810 on your dial, where the time is now 28 and a half minutes before 4 o'clock. Ralph Kinder along with Lindsey Nelson and Bob Murphy from Wrigley Field, and time still called as Frank Sikori gets the attention of Al Suderman, the trainer for the Chicago Cubs, Augie Donatelli, who is the umpire at third base, and Pat Piper, who is the public address announcer here. Corey okay now. He's back behind the catcher. The count is 2-0 to Mark Thronberry. One man out to score 2-1 in favor of the Cubs. The Mets picking up their first run on Frank Thomas's home run. Here's the pitch back. It's low for ball three. Oh, Bob Buell now. 3-0 to Mark Thronberry. Mark bounced the third his first time up. He's hitting 242. And he takes a fastball that's right through for strike one. Buell into the windup in the 3-1 pitch. Line foul. The count goes full. Three balls and two strikes. Set as Buell winds and deals, and it's low for ball four. Marv goes to first base. That is the second walk issued by Buell, and the batter now will be Felix Mantier. Marv at first base, having his best major league year. Career high for home runs with 16, and also for runs batted in with 49. And now Felix Mantia with a double steps up. Right-hand batting, third baseman. And he takes the first pitch, ball one. Felix batting 275. 11 home runs, 59 runs batted in.
And Jay hits the next pitch down to first base to Ernie Banks. He turns, throws to second for the first part of the fourth play. The return throw from Andre Rogers, not in time. And Mantia is safe on the fourth. Mars Romberry out at second base. It scored three to six. And with two out now, the batter will be Jim Hickman. Jim bounced back to the pitcher his first time up. He's batting 247. 13 home runs, 46 runs batted in. Now Buell with his first pitch. It's outside, ball one. Two to one in favor of the Cubs. Top of the fourth inning. Buell back on top and back to the plate. It's just outside again. Two balls and no strikes. Mantia at first base. Buell looks there and then comes back to Hickman at the plate. It's on the outside corner. Two balls and one strike. Now Buell back again. And this one is popped up into shallow center field. Kenny Hubbs goes back in the grass. And he makes the catch to retire the side. In the inning, the Mets score one run. On one hit, a home run by Frank Thomas. There were no errors. One walk and one man left on. And the score at the end, a three and one half innings of play. The New York Mets won the Chicago Cubs. Two. You know, they say a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. That may be true. But this, I know to be true. A beer by any other name but Rheingold just won't taste as good. And it's really very simple. Two little words tell you why. Extra dry. Yes, Rheingold's way of brewing is long, slow, and costly, but it pays off in taste. Rheingold's flavor comes through brisk, bright, and clean. That's what makes Rheingold New York's largest selling beer. The happy choice of millions. So, look, why not enjoy the extra refreshment that comes with wonderful Rheingold beer? Join the millions who say, my beer is Rheingold, the dry beer. Do it right now. Enjoy a glass of Rheingold along with the game. In other games in the National League, Houston scheduled at San Francisco, game time in New York, 3 o'clock. St. Louis scheduled at Los Angeles, game time at 4 o'clock in New York. Cincinnati, 2, Philadelphia, nothing at the end of 3. Art Mahaffey going for his 20th win of the year against John Satoris. One home run in that game by Jerry Lynch in the second inning to account for Cincinnati's two runs. Pittsburgh at Milwaukee. The starting pitcher will be Diamandis Olivo, making his first start after 61 appearances in relief for the Pittsburgh Pirates. His record 5-1 and one as a relief pitcher. He'll be opposed by Jack Curtis, who is traded to Milwaukee for Bob Buell, who is pitching right here. In the American League, the Chicago White Sox, with five runs in the top of the third, lead New York by a score of 6-3 to three at the end of four and a half. Ray Herbert going for his 20th win. Now pitching for the Yankees, Ralph Terry. Mickey Mantle has hit a home run in that game in the fourth inning with no one on. Washington 2, Boston nothing at the end of seven and one half. It's Cheney against Conley in that one. Washington also will play two games today against Boston. Boston is one half game behind Baltimore in seventh place, so these two games important to both clubs. 
And the Cleveland Indians lead Los Angeles 4-3 at the end of seven and one-half innings. Osinski now in for the Angels against Frank Funk. That is the first game of two. Also in the American League, Detroit 4, Kansas City 1 at the end of 5. Fisher and Bunning, the opposing pitches there. And Baltimore and Minnesota just getting underway. It's John Miller against Emilio Pasquale, who is going for his 20th win of the year. Now right here, the first pitch by Ray Davio as we move to the bottom half of the fourth, and it's high for ball one. The batter for the Chicago Cubs, Kuno Berrigan. And there's a line shot to left field. Thomas waits and makes the catch. Frank took one step and just waited for the ball to get there. It arrived in a hurry. One man out. And with one out, the batter will be Bob Buell, who has gone 67 times this year without a base hit. Bob looking for his first hit this year takes a strike call well as we said earlier it seems almost impossible to go 0 for 67 now the one strike pitch is swinging a miss strike two remember one time I went 0 for 18 and I thought the world was coming to the end now the pitch back he struck him out so Bob Buell who struck out his first time up now duplicates that feat and that is out number two. Second strikeout for Ray Davio. Both against Bob Buell. And the batter will be Kenny Hubs. Hubs walked and lined into a double play. 0 for 1, batting 258. Right hand batter. There's a swing and a miss for strike one. Davio in relief of Bill Hunter, the starting pitcher. The score, 2-1 to one in favor of the Cubs. And a change of pace is swung on and missed by Hubs for strike two. Kenny Hubs with a new record for accepting chances without an error at second base this year. Now hits one right through the middle, a base hit. Ball picked up by Jim Hickman, and Hubs holds it first with his first hit of the game. That is the second hit off Davio and only the third hit in the game by the Cubs as they lead 2-1. to one. Now the batter will be Ron Sano who has one for two. Sano batting 227, bats from the right-hand side. Throw to first base, but hops back safely. Marv Thornberry making the tag. Two to one in favor of the Chicago Cubs in the final game of the year. Now Sano with a big swing and a miss. It's strike one. Davio looking for the sign. Just off the mound. Now gets set on the mound. Looks at first base. And goes there. And again, hubs back. The throw off line. No chance for a tag. One strike count on Ron Sano. Two men out. And the pitch back to the plate is low for ball one. A curveball. Sano started off as a catcher in baseball. Was converted to third base by Rogers Hornsby. Who is in the stands here scouting the game? Rogers, of course, 
working for the New York Mets. Now Davio to first base again. And again, Hobbs, who had a short lead back easily. Davio in the set position. Again the first, again Hubs back. One ball, one strike, and the pitch is hit to left center field. It could be in there. Coming over Sickman, and he makes the catch. Fine running catch by Jim Hickman to retire the side. In the inning for the Cubs, no runs on one hit. No errors and one man left on. And the score at the end, uh, four innings of play. The Cubs two, the New York Mets one. Now, once again, here's Bob Murphy to tell you all about the new stadium and give you some more play-by-play. Thank you very much, Ralph. The New York Mets are now accepting applications for season boxes and also combination plan tickets for next season and the home games to be played at the beautiful new stadium in Flushing Meadow. So prospective purchasers may send names and addresses to ticket manager, Polo Grounds, New York 39, New York, and application blanks will be mailed them. If you are a present subscriber, you need not apply as an application will be sent to you. Well, we're just about set now to go along to the fifth inning. Just about enough time to settle back and relax and pour yourself a glass of Rheingold before the action starts again. So open up or order up a Rheingold. It's beer as beer should taste. Now, Ilya Cohen will be up against Bob Buell as we go along to the fifth inning. Cubs out in front, two to one. Mets getting their lone marker off Buell on a home run by Frank Thomas. Outside and low, it's ball one. Next pitch on the way to Elio is right in there for a call strike. One ball and one strike. I remember last March down in spring training when the Mets were just getting going. Many of the riders estimated that Frank Thomas would hit between 30 and 35 home runs this year. And Frank has his 34th of the year in this game this afternoon. Count two and one on Elio. Line drive in the air to left center field. Ambling for it goes to the center fielder Matthews, and he has it for the out. One away and nobody on. And now coming on to hit will be Ray Davio. And we may get a hitter for Ray Davio. The sign has gone down to the bullpen for warm-up action. Greg Anderson has started to loosen up. And Sammy Taylor is coming out of the dugout, and Sammy will hit for Ray Davio. Sammy Taylor coming on as the pinch hitter for Ray Davio, and so Ray is all through for the year. And he'll be heading for Montreal, Canada. First pitch thrown to Sammy Taylor is taken, ball one. In relief, in three innings, Davio gave up one run allowed three hits. Pitch by Buell, a check swing and a foul ball back upstairs, no play. 
Davio struck out two and walked one. Ground ball tapped right back to the mound. An easy play for Bob Buell. He pegs over to Ernie Banks, two men down. Two outs, nobody on now in the top half of the fifth inning. Now the top of the batting order for the second baseman, Richie Ashburn. Richie has fouled the left and been struck out. He's 0 for 2. Final game of the year. All of the excitement boiling down to the final day on the West Coast as the Dodgers and Giants go into the final day. The pennant still undecided. One ball and no strikes. The Dodgers can win it all if they can win today. If the Dodgers lose and the Giants win, it winds up a tie. Foul ball over into the stands and out of play. This has been a memorable year for Richie Ashburn. Very early in the year, Richie went over the 2,500 mark in base hits. Richie now has 2,573. Taken up high. Ball two, two and one. Richie keeps himself in superb condition. He's only 35 years old and might well play another two or three years. So Richie uh, might well reach the 3,000 mark in base hits before he hangs him up. Foul ball back upstairs and out of play. He is winding up this year, hitting over 300 for the ninth time in his career. Only 35 men in the history of the game have more bases than Richie Ashburn. Richie is a basketball coach during the offseason. Ground ball hit hard down to first, fielded by Banks. He makes the unassisted play, retiring the side. No runs, no hits, no errors, none left on. So we've come halfway at the end of four and a half innings to score. The Chicago Cubs, two, and the New York Mets, one. Coming up now, a musical pitch with an interesting switch. This is Tito Rodriguez for Rheingold Extra Dry. Rheingold and drink is perfecto. Para todos, familia y amigos. De sabor sin igual, la cerveza ideal. Come Rheingold, bien fría y vera. In Spanish, it's magnífica. In English, it's great. In any language, it's Rheingold Extra Dry. Rheingold is brewed longer and slower for flavor that's clean, clear through. It's beer as beer should taste. Dry tells you why. My beer is Rheingold, the dry beer. Think of Rheingold whenever you buy beer. It's not bitter, not sweet. It's a dry flavor sweet. Won't you try extra dry Rheingold beer? Now the last of the fifth inning and on to hurl for the New York Mets, right-hander Craig Anderson. This being our final game and final broadcast of the year, we certainly want to pay our thanks for all the help we have received over the year from our broadcasting and telecasting crew to business manager Jim Thompson and his secretary Florence Santos Perito. To Vinny Alalis, the ticket manager, and Anne-Marie Felice, his secretary. Matt Burns, who handles special services from Sarah Marcus. 
And the fellows in the ticket department who did an outstanding job as always, Bill Gibson, Duke Dusenberry, Cliff Cobb, John McKee, Bob Matt, Hank Kelly, Nick Agneto, Frank McGinnis, and Jim Murray. Billy Williams hitting a ground ball to second. He went right after the first pitch. Ashburn up with it, pegs on to first, one down. I'd like to see Craig Anderson pick up a victory in this game this afternoon. He has been pitching very well in relief, and of course Craig had a long, frustrating streak that is still alive in the extent that he has lost 16 straight. Now the hitter is Ernie Banks. Craig winding, and the pitch is outside and low. It's ball one. Craig is just 24 years old. He signed to the Cardinal organization when he came out of Lehigh University. He'll be adding to his know-how and experience by pitching in Florida in the Winter League. Outside and low, it's ball two, two and oh. Ball three, three and nothing. Minnesota Twins made a surprising showing in the American League this year, and Bernie Allen and Rich Rollins were two of the principal reasons. They got their polishing up in the Winter League last season. On the Chicago Cubs, Kenny Hubs and Lou Brock both played out in Arizona last season in the Winter League. New York Mets will have a Winter League team starting soon in St. Petersburg. Right in there for a call strike, three and one. Next pitch on the way, and he pops the ball up. A sidearm delivery by Craig Anderson. Elio Chacon is under it waiting, and Elio has it for the out. Two down. Here are the warm-ups for the big game at San Francisco. On the mound for Houston... And they're going with a fellow that can really fire, Kirk Farrell. On the mound for San Francisco, Billy O'Dell. Despite the fact that Kirk Farrell has lost 20 games, like the New York Mets' Roger Craig, he is a tough pitcher to beat. Outside and low to George Altman. One ball and no strike. The Houston Giant game starting an hour sooner at New York time than the Dodger Cardinal game. Ground ball hit down to first. Thronberry has it go off his glove and on into right field. On his way to second now goes Altman. The peg by Christopher. A high throw. Goes wide way over in foul territory. Altman is on his way to third. He turns and stops there as Mantilla runs the ball down in foul ground. We'll wait for the official scoring. Ground ball was hit off to the line of Thornberry. He went off, got his glove on it, but booted it. It's going to be scored as a base hit for George Altman and an error charge to Joe Christopher, the right fielder. Two down and a runner on third. That brings up Nelson Matthews been kind of the story of his life this year for Craig Anderson. He has been the most unfortunate of all the Met pitchers insofar as errors being made behind him is concerned. Now Craig Anderson winds. Here's the pitch on the way. Sidearm delivery outside and low. It's ball one. Only last Monday the Dodgers had a four-game lead in the National League, but the Dodgers have lost nine of their last twelve National League pennant race down to the final day, still undecided. Off the outside corner, ball two, two and zero oh on Nelson Matthews. 
He has a perfect day going. He has drawn a walk and doubled. We're in the last half of inning number five. Cubs out in front, two to one. They have George Altman on third with two men down. Now Craig Anderson looking in to pick up his sign from Choo Choo Coleman. Here's the windup and the pitch on the way. Swing and a miss, two and one. Now Sammy Drake and Alvin Jackson are playing catch down in the bullpen. Alvin still has his jacket on, so I think he's warming up Sammy Drake. Now the 2-1 pitch. Off the outside corner and a 3-1 and one count on Nelson Matthews. The thing about the Cubs, they have a pretty good surplus of outfielders. They go on the trading market this winter. They'll undoubtedly be trying to strengthen their pitching staff. And they have outfielders to offer. Inside and low, it's ball four, and Nelson Matthews walks. Now the Cubs have runners on first and third. Two down, and the hitter is Andre Rogers. Rogers, right-hand batter. Has drawn a walk, grounded out short to first. He's 0 for 1. Here's the pitch by Craig Anderson. And he sidearms him, but misses outside with it. One ball and no strikes. Let's have the infield way around to left against Rogers, a pull hitter. Andre straddling the plate, bends from the waist. Wags the bat around, now Coxon. Now the pitch on the way. The runner goes, and it's a wild pitch. On the dirt, in the score comes George Altman, and racing all the way to third goes Nelson Matthews. Wild pitch. Matthews will have to return to second. A wild pitch charge to Craig Anderson. Cubs now lead three to one with a runner on second. So the Cubs have picked up a run off Craig Anderson here in the fifth inning on a base hit off Thornberry's glove, a throwing error by Joe Christopher that put him on third, and now a wild pitch by Craig Anderson. Ground ball, whacked to shortstop. Elio Chacon digs it out of the dirt and begs to Thronberry to retire the side. One run, one hit, one error, one left. Five innings complete. The score now, the Cubs three and the Mets one. Bob Murphy with Lindsey Nelson and Ralph Kinder from Wrigley Field. We're going to the sixth inning. Cubs in front three to one. From all of us in the radio and telecasting crew, our warmest thanks for all the help given over the year from many in the Mets organization. Field personnel, Ted Decker, Tom O'Brien, Tom O'Keefe, and Jim Trainer. 
And the wonderful girls who handle the switchboard so capably, Lee Caputi, Leona Stripp, and Wilhelmina Brandt. Choo-choo Coleman leading off. It's a high pop fly to short right. Coming in for it is George Altman, and he makes the catch for the out. One away, nobody on. Now Joe Christopher coming up. Joe is 0 for 2. This is over for a strike on the outside corner. Cubs lead 3-1. to one. We're in the top of the sixth inning. Now the breaking ball is over on the outside corner for a call strike. Dick Farrell against Billy O'Dell, Houston at San Francisco. Game just getting underway out at Candlestick Park. The Dodger-Cardinal game will be another hour before it gets underway. Now Buell into his windup. Down comes his pitch. A bouncer hit hard to short. Big hop, though. Grabbed by Rogers. The peg is in time. Two outs, nobody on in the top half of the sixth inning. Now coming on to hit for the New York Mets will be Frank Thomas. Frank in a long drive over the wall in left field for his 34th home run, his last time up. Outs, nobody on top half of the sixth inning. Now Buell out of his wind up the pitch. Outside and low, it's ball one. Swing and a miss on a curve, one and one. If Art Mahaffey is going to win 20 ball games, the Phillies will have to come from behind. Cincinnati 2, Philadelphia nothing at the end of five and a half. Reds leading on a two-run homer by Jerry Lynch. Now the wind-up and pitch by Buell, a foul ball, back upstairs and out of play. Braves lead the Pirates 2 to nothing at the end of two. Diomedes Olivo against Jack Curtis. Bob Euchre hit a two-run homer. The game in New York, Mickey Mantle has hit his 30th home run. It marks the eighth straight year that the switcher has hit at least 30. Outside and low in the count, two and two. The White Sox lead the Yankees six to four as they go into the seventh. Washington three, the Red Sox one here in the last of the ninth inning in Boston. First game of a doubleheader. Here's the pitch on the way, and the curve is outside and low. Cleveland 4, Los Angeles 3, final score in the first game of two. McDowell the winner and Newman the loser. They're playing a doubleheader. Now the payoff pitch to Thomas, ball four, it's outside. Third walk surrendered by Buell, Thomas going down to first and Thornberry coming on to hit. At the end of six, the Tigers lead Kansas City 4-1. to one. 
Bunning is trying for his 19th win. Home runs in the game by Bill Kern and by Norm Cash. For Cash, last year's American League batting champion, his average has fallen off over 100 points, his 39th home run of the year. Inside is ball one. Minnesota one, Baltimore nothing at the end of two, Pasquale trying to get number 20. Real bumper crop of 20 game winners in the major leagues this season. Way inside, he turned him away. Two balls and no strikes on Marvelous Marv. Now Buell in the set position. Delivers. Breaking ball inside. Ball three, three and nothing. Now Marvelous checks with Cookie Lambichetto to see if he has a green light on this three and nothing pitch. Rio delivery, he does. Foul ball coming right straight back. Longbury had the green line. He was trying to hit it high over the ivy and tie it up, but he fouled it off. Pitching three and one. A high fly ball to right field, not too deep. Ambling in is George Altman. He taps the glove and puts it away for the out. Side retired in the sixth inning with no runs, no hits, no errors, one left. Over six innings, Buell has given up only two base hits. And now the score at the end of five and a half, the Cubs three and the New York Mets one. Now a change for the New York Mets. Joe Pignatano takes over behind the plate, replacing Clarence Coleman. Last of the sixth inning with Kino Berrigan leading off for the Cubs against Craig Anderson. Bill Hunter was the starter. He worked one inning. Wildness took him out of the game, and then Davio took over. Swing and a miss on a curve, strike one. Davio turned in a good three-inning trick. He allowed one run, gave up three hits. And Craig Anderson has worked one inning and given up one unearned run. Now the windup and the pitch by Craig. Fast foul. That ball hit him on the ankle. Final score in Cleveland. The Philadelphia Eagles have defeated the Cleveland Browns 35-7. to Now Craig Anderson looking in for his sign. Greg Adams wind up. The pitch thrown misses the outside corner. One ball and two strikes. Philadelphia Eagles defeating the Cleveland Browns today, 35 to seven. Our first final pro football score. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. One away and nobody on. And Bob Buell will be coming on to hit. Buell getting a hand from the crowd here at Wrigley Field as he comes on to hit. Here's the windup and the pitch to him. Outside and low, it's ball one. 
Well, thanks for a job well done to the gentlemen in the mailroom at the Polo Grounds, Vio Mokuna and Joe Pucala. Ball two, it's two and nothing. Very busy man at times, has been very personable. New York Mets team physician, Dr. Peter Lamott. Horse trainer, Gus Mosh, and his assistant, Lynn Lisher. Ground ball hammered towards second. Ashburn is up with it. And Richie throws on the first in time getting Buell. Two down, nobody on. Gus Marsh and Lynn Lisher have had a lot of work to do getting everything packed up and ready to be sent down south for the Winter League team at St. Petersburg, Florida. Herbie Norman is the equipment manager of the New York Mets. Herbie's on the trip taking care of everything. His assistant is Freddie Cordetti, and they have really done a wonderful job. And... Swing and a miss, strike one by Kenny Huffs. Every visiting team that came to the polo grounds this year raved about the job done by Johnny McCarthy and the ground crew for the wonderful job they did with the playing field. Inside off the ribs, one ball, one strike. Fellow that on a hot day had a hot job was Pat Crowley who took care of the scoreboard. Line drive to left field coming in for it is Thomas, and he makes the catch. The side is out. Side out, one, two, three in the last half of the sixth inning. No runs, no hits, no errors, none left on. Six innings complete, and the score, the Chicago Cubs three and the New York Mets one. Our Mr. Lindsey Nelson. Lindsey? Thank you very kindly, Robert. We'll be going to the top half of the seventh here, and Felix Mantia, Jim Hickson, Jim Hickman, and Elio Chacon will be leading off. Of course, the New York Mets today are winding up their first year of existence this 1962 season, and if you're the kind of baseball fans who likes to keep mementos of events and sports, you want a copy of the New York Mets yearbook with pictures of all the New York Mets of Casey Stengel and his coaches and you may obtain a copy of the yearbook right now by mail addressing your request to yearbook Polo Grounds New York 39 New York and enclose 50 cents for each copy of the yearbook that you wish you know there's nothing like a tall frosty glass of Ryan Gold to keep you refreshed and help you enjoy the game so I hope you've got plenty on hand you just can't beat Ryan Gold extra dry for that extra refreshment Felix Mantia at the plate and here's the pitch in there for a call strike one Mets batting in this, the top half of the seventh inning. Again, Bob Buell is set to work, and this pitch misses outside for a ball. It's one and one. The Chicago Cubs three and the New York Mets one on the final day of the season. Mantia had a double in the top half of the second inning. Springs and sends a ground ball to Santo at third. He's up with it, plays across to Ernie Banks at first base in time. And Mantia has grounded out third to first. There's one away, and Jim Hickman's coming up. Grounded out and popped out. Nothing for two today. That pitch is outside for ball. Here's a swing and a miss. 1-1 to Hickman. 
We want to acknowledge the fine job done at the Polo Grounds this season by the fellows in the press room, Bill Boylan, Lou Napoli, all the fellows up there, the security chief, Jim Cahill. Pitch is, is low for a ball. It's two and one. Ed Usher, Joe Connolly, of course, had quite a season with uh, big crowds at the Polo Grounds, 922,000, the home attendance for the season. Swing and a miss. It's two and two. And a fine job is done all year long by Jack Lee, the public address announcer at the Polo Grounds this season. Here's a 2-2 pitch to Hickman. Swung on and foul back onto the screen and out of play. The count holds it 2-2. One man out and nobody on base. Jim Hickman swinging the bat as he waits. 2-2 pitch. Swung on and out of the ground ball. That is taken fair. Back of third by Sanzo. The throw the first in time. Right on the line, but a fair ball indicated to Augie Donatella, the umpire down there. And Jim Hickman has grounded out. Two away. Nobody on. And Elio Chacon is coming up now. The big game in San Francisco is underway, and the Houston Colts 45s have failed to score in the top half of the first inning. So going to the bottom of the first, the Giants coming up. No score in the game. Turk Farrell for Houston and Billy O'Dell for the Giants. Which is low for ball one. St. Louis Cardinals and the Los Angeles Dodgers will be starting in about another 45 minutes in Los Angeles. Pitch is low. 2-0. Cubs 3 in the match 1. Bob Buell with a pitch that swung out and fouled back onto the screen. Out of play. It's 2-1. Ken McKenzie is throwing in the bullpen for the New York Mets, and Ed Cranepool has been loosening up down there. Here's a 2-1 pitch to Chacon, and is in there for a call strike. It's 2-2. Two two. Going to the bottom half of the seventh inning in Cincinnati, it's the Red 3 and the Philadelphia Phillies nothing. Art Mahaffey trying to get his 20th victory is still in there for the Phillies. John Saturis is pitching. And there's a pitch in there. Strike three. Elio Chacon. Strikeout number five for Bob Buell. Mets are out in order in the top of the seventh with no runs on no hits, no errors, and none left. And at the end of six and one half innings to play, the score is the Chicago Cubs three and the New York Mets one. And now a word for pipe smokers. Pipe smokers. Relax in a man's world with Sir Walter Raleigh, the quality pipe tobacco. Now in the pouch pack. Keeps 44% fresher. Smells grand, packs right, smokes sweet, can't bite, and now it's back in a pouch. Relax in a man's world with mild Sir Walter Raleigh. You'll enjoy it from the first pipeful because Sir Walter Raleigh's pouch pack keeps tobacco 44% fresher than old-fashioned tin cans. You can feel the tobacco is kept fresh and moist by the Sir Walter Raleigh pouch pack. 
spills easier, doesn't spill. And talk about aroma. Smells grand, packs right, smokes sweet, can't bite, and now it's back in a pouch. Smoke Sir Walter Raleigh, choice Kentucky Burley, extra aged. Now kept 44% fresher in the pouch pack. Here at Wrigley Field in Chicago, we are getting ever nearer to the close of the 1962 National League Baseball season. Cubs will be coming up here in the bottom half of the seventh inning with Ron Santo up to lead off, facing Craig Anderson, working in relief here for the New York Mets. Here's the final score in the American League, the Washington Senators three and the Boston Red Sox one. Tom Chaney, the winner, and Gene Conley, the loser. And now Cranepool is playing first base for the New York Mets. Ed Cranepool is playing first base in place of Mark Thornberry. Here's the first pitch to Santo. Side-armed and swung on. It's a ground ball to third. Charged by Mancia, and he boots it. Trying to make the short hop play on the run. Booted it away. It is an error on Felix Mancia at third base. So the Cubs get a base runner with nobody out in the bottom half of the seventh inning, and Billy Williams is coming up. Williams, the left-hand batter, is nothing for three. He's running, and the pitch is low, and as a throw to the second base on a hop and sliding in safely is Ron Santo. Vignatana's throw to second low, taken there by Chacon. Stolen base for Ron Santo. Count to Billy Williams, one ball and no strike. Cleveland Indians this afternoon defeated the Los Angeles Angels by a score of 4-3 to three in the first game of a doubleheader. McDowell the winner and Newman the loser. Cleveland Indians are being directed today on this, the final day of the season, by pitching coach Mel Harder. Since the announcement by general manager Gabe Paul that manager Mel McGahey's uh, contract would not be renewed for next year, so uh, he left uh, to negotiate for another job. Craig Anderson, side arms, and there's a swing and a ground ball to Ashburn. At second, he's off his chest. He picks it up, throws on the first, not in time. Moving on to third is Santo. Error on Ashburn. <laughs> Ricky had that one squared, but it was off his chest and then rolled behind him. And he uh, retrieved it and threw on the first, not in time. So the support being given Craig Anderson has continued to be something less than perfect. And coming up is Ernie Banks. He's been up three times without a hit. Cubs lead by a score of three to one here. And they have runners at first and third. Nobody out. Anderson checks and deals. The pitch is swung in and foul back. It's out of play. Banks is waiting for the pitch. Runners take their leads first and third, and the sidearm delivery swung on popped up to the infield. Elio Chacon goes in, and Elio makes the catch. Runners hold first and third. There's one away as Ernie Banks has popped out. That'll bring up George Altman. Ralph kind of Bob Murphy and I certainly want to thank uh, all of you baseball fans for your wires, letters, communications throughout the season, and we hope to get uh, 
a lot of them acknowledged uh, now that we'll have a little time at the close of the season because many of them came during the season when we were on the road and piled up and we never did uh, get many of them acknowledged we hope to and we also want to thank the fellas in the mailroom uh, at the polo ground Leo Makuta and Joe Pacala for uh, their assistance in the matter Big George Altman, left-hand batter waits as Craig Anderson pitches low for ball one. Our thanks, too, to Howard Smith and his Western Union operators for their help throughout the season. Craig Anderson checks. And the pitch. Swung on and fouled up. Chopped off foul, and it's one and one. Bill Hunter started for the Mets this afternoon. Pitched one inning, faced four batters in the second. Gave up one run on one hit, struck out none, and walked four. Davio relieved him, worked three innings, gave up one run on three hits, struck out two, and walked one. Now Craig Anderson with a 1-1 delivery. That is high. 2-1 to George Altman. The season series between these two teams. The Mets have won nine games and the Cubs have won eight. Rookie Nelson Matthews is on deck now for the Chicago Cubs. Throw over to first base is not in time. Left-hander Ken McKenzie continues to throw in the bullpen for the Mets. over again, not in time. Ed Cranepool, the first baseman, signed by the Mets during the season, right out of James Monroe High School in the Bronx. Swinging a ground ball, it's going out on the right field for a face hit. Charged by Christopher. It is for third. Billy Williams and on at first is Altman. So the Chicago Cubs get another run here. On the ground, single to right by Altman, with Williams moving to third. One man out, and Nelson Matthews coming up. Runner still at first and third. Run batted in, of course, for Altman. Altman uh, has had three hits in the walk. Four times up today. Nelson Matthews, the right-hand batter. Said two walks in the double. Greg Anderson into the stretch in the pitch. Inside for ball one. It's the Chicago Cubs four and the New York Mets one. In the bottom half of the seventh inning. Matthews waiting. Anderson's delivery with Altman running. Pitch at the call. Strike to throw through to second. Taken by Ashman, but not in time. And Williams holds at third. He did not come on with the throw through to second base. Ashman took the throw, but not in time. Count of one and one to Nelson Matthews at the plate. To give Altman a stolen base. Cubs now have runners at second and third with one man out. Anderson turns to work straight away. 
And the pitch to Nelson Matthews. Swung on, and as a looper going out into center field, and it's going to be in there for a base hit. One run has scored. Altman is coming, and here's the third of the plate, and he is out at the plate. Jim Hickman has nailed Altman at the plate, and he was only a couple of steps behind the lead runner, Billy Williams, but Jim Hickman with a throw right on the money at the plate to Joe Pignatana, nailed George Altman trying to score from second. Nelson Matthews moved from first to second on the third of the plate. So give Matthews a single, his second hit of the day, and a run batted in. Williams scoring the fifth Cub run. And George Altman going out 8-2 to two if you're scoring. Two men out and Andre Rogers, a right-hand batter at the plate. 5-1 to one now, the Cubs lead the Mets. That pitch is outside for ball. Andre Rogers has walked, grounded out, and grounded out. Greg Anderson checks the runners. Ashton makes the run over near the bag, and Andre Rogers now steps out. Anderson comes on through with the pitch, but it's no pitch. Rogers had backed out of the batter's box, and Frank Sikori had call time, but Craig Anderson, not aware, that came on through with the pitch. Now the delivery swung on and has a high hopping ground ball to short. Taken by Chacon and he wheels over the first in time. Taken by Cranville for the out and in the bottom half of the seventh. The Chicago Cubs got two runs on two hits. There were two errors and one man left. And at the end, the seven full innings of play at Wrigley Field in Chicago. The Chicago Cubs five and the New York Mets one. The Mets, of course, completed their home season at the Polo Grounds last Sunday. They're completing the full season here at Wrigley Field in Chicago this afternoon. And next season, you'll be able to see the New York Mets in new surroundings as they'll be playing at the new stadium at Flushing Meadows. If you've been out around that neighborhood, you know that uh, work has been progressing right along to the extent that the New York Mets now are accepting applications for season boxes and combination plan tickets for next season at the Flushing Meadows Stadium. Respective purchases may send names and addresses to ticket manager... Polo Grounds, New York, 39 New York, and application blanks will be sent them. Present subscribers need not apply because applications will be mailed directly to them. We'll be moving here to the top half of the eighth inning, and Sammy Drake is going to bat for the New York Mets. He'll be batting for Craig Anderson, and before Sammy comes up there, in order to allow our stations to identify themselves, we pause now for station identification. Time 427. You get the news five minutes sooner on WABC New York. Temperature 69 degrees. This is Lindsey Nelson with Bob Murphy and Ralph Kiner at Wrigley Field. And Sammy Drake now steps into the batter's box. The switch hitter, he's batting left against right-hander Bob Buell. And the pitch is in there for a call strike to Sammy Drake. Top half of the eighth inning. He'll change his speed and bounces that one in. It's one and one. Swing and a miss. One and one to Sammy Drake. You know, baseball is a game of statistics. Baseball lives on figures, and the busiest man I know throughout this season has been our statistician, Joe McDonald, 
who has been passing along all the statistics you hear us passing along to you. We only serve as the middlemen, really, in that operation. Here's the pitch high and away. It's two and two to Sammy Drake. This is WGY Schenectady. And it is a great pleasure for us to be finishing up the season in the company of our engineer, Joe Kuznicka, from ABC in Chicago, with whom we began the season. And Joe's been all around with us from place to place, from Milwaukee to Houston and points in between. Swinging a ground ball, going up the middle. Hubs can't get to this one. It's going through for a base hit. Center field to Nelson Matthews. Relays it in, and turning and holding is Sammy Drake with a pinch single to center. So with nobody out... Richie Ashburn will be coming up here for the New York Mets. Richie was not out on deck, and he comes out of the dugout right now to hustle up to the plate. Ken McKenzie throwing in the bullpen for the Mets now that Craig Anderson is out of the ball game for the pinch hitter just now. Ashburn today, nothing for three. The Cubs lead in the game by score five to one. And that pitch is low for Ball Ashton. So the Cubs start a little action in the bullpen now. Bob Anderson, Barney Schultz throwing in the bullpen for the Chicagoans. In the big game in San Francisco, the Giants did not score in the bottom half of the first inning. So going to the top of the seventh, of the second. Top of the second inning. Houston nothing, San Francisco Giants nothing. Farrell against Odell. Pitch is low to Ashburn for a ball. 30 minutes from now, the game between the St. Louis Cardinals and the Los Angeles Dodgers will be starting in Los Angeles. Ashburn waits, and the pitch is in there. He takes it, two and one. Mets trying to get something started here in the top half of the eighth inning, trailing in the game by a score of five to one. Pitch is a call strike. It's two-two. I remember on the banquet circuit last winter, so many people asking uh, representatives of the Mets, where do you think the Mets will finish? Where do you think they'll finish? And I remember our Tom Meany public relations director saying invariably they will finish on September 30th at Wrigley Field in Chicago. Well, Tom, we made it. Here we are. Swinging a ground ball. Hubs can't get to this one. Going to his left is through to right field for a base hit. George Altman up, relays the ball in. So Ashman is on the ground, single to right. Gives the next runners at first and second. Nobody out. Catcher Joe Pignatano is coming up. Charlie Metro is going to the mound right now. Bob Buell waiting for Metro's arrival. Bob Anderson and Barney Schultz all in the bullpen, but Metro only stays a moment and he's going to leave Buell in this ballgame. Bob trying for his 12th victory of the season today. Buell has won 11 and lost 14. The Detroit Tigers defeated the Kansas City A's in the American League today by a score of 6 to 1 as Jim Bunning got the victory. Fisher was the loser. Now the pitch to Joe Pignatano is outside for ball one. In that Detroit-Kansas City game, Norm Cash had a homer in the second with nobody on. his 39th homer of this season. Pitch misses low and away to Pignatano. Going to the bottom of the fifth, the Minnesota Twins won and the Baltimore Orioles nothing. John Miller against Camilo Pasquale. Pasquale trying for his 20th victory today for Minnesota. Buell takes a moment, takes the glove off. Mets have Sammy Drake at second. 
Richie Ashburn at first. Ignatano takes the fastball in there for a call strike. It's two and one. It's been overcast here in Chicago for a good part of this ball game. It was a bright and sunny morning. Temperature at game time, 70 degrees. Here is a pitch swung out and missed. Strike two. It's two and two. Ignatana came to the New York Mets uh, midseason from the San Francisco Giants. Previously in his Major League experience, he had been with the Kansas City A's and broke in with the Dodgers. Lines it from into right field, and it is taken by Kenny Hubbs on a beautiful catch, and he throws over the first for a double play, and on the second for a triple play. A triple play is pulled off by Kenny Hubbs. Went back to make the catch. Then threw over the first and Ernie back to double off Ricky Ashford. Then threw on over the second to triple off Sammy Drake. That ball was labeled base hit from the moment it left the bat. But Kenny Hubbs made the catch and turned it into a triple play. Retiring the side here in the top half of the eighth inning. Pignatana lining into a triple play. And in the top of the eighth, the New York Mets ride with no runs on two hits, no errors, and none left. And at the end of seven and one half innings of play, the score is the Chicago Cubs five and the New York Mets one. Well, now let me see. Drew Walsh, Eileen O'Neill, Beverly Owens, Chris Noel, Carol Merrill, Loretta. Who will be our next Miss Rheingold? Well, I can tell you this. I'm glad the choice isn't up entirely to me. The six candidates for Miss Rheingold 1963 are as pretty a six-pack as I've ever seen. But who's going to win? Well, that's all up to you. Your votes will decide who will be your Miss Rheingold 1963. And there's just one way to make sure your favorite will be your next Miss Rheingold, and that is vote. The familiar Miss Rheingold ballot boxes are up in the 45,000 stores and taverns all over town. That sell beer is beer should taste. Rheingold Extra Dry. The next time you're ordering New York's favorite beer, join in on the nation's second largest election and drop in a vote or two for your favorite candidate. And listen, along with the game, treat yourself to the crisp, bright flavor of a sparkling glass of Rheingold Extra Dry. You'll join the millions who say, my beer is Rheingold, the dry beer. We're going to the bottom half of the eighth, and the Cubs are sending up... Catcher, Kuno Ballard, and to face left-hander, Tim McKenzie, who is now on the mound for the New York Mets. And Sammy Drake is playing second base in place of Richie Ashburn. McKenzie pitches low for a ball. In the batting order, of course, Drake must bat ninth since he was used as a pinch hitter for Anderson. McKenzie then will... Here's a pitch swung on, and it is popped up. To the infield, and Drake is there. Chicone is there, and Drake makes the catch. So, Kuno Berrigan has popped out to Sammy Drake at second, and that will bring up pitcher Bob Buell. So it's hard to say McKenzie will bat first in the batting order in place of Richie Ashton. Bob Buell is still looking for his first hit of this season. Swings and shots this one out foul. He struck out, struck out, and grounded out second to first. Bob Buell has been up 69 times this season without a base hit. And still buzzing about the triple play pulled off by the Chicago Cubs. From Kenny Hubs to Ernie Banks to Andre Rogers. Pitches in there for a call strike. Two strike count now to Bob Buell with one man out and nobody on base for the Cubs in the bottom half of the eighth inning. 
Kenzie Fitch swung on. Fouled up. Kenzie revving up the ball as Bob Buell is waiting. Fitch is swung on and fouled up to the right side. Signal's down against it a run, but this one is in the stands and out of play, and the count holds it two strikes to Bob Buell. Cubs five, and that's one. Kenzie looking in for a sign from Joe Pignatana. Has it now into the windup. Pitch is high. It's one and two. And again, he starts the pitching motion. The one-two pitch. Swing on and missed strike three. Struck him out. Buell has struck out three times, and apparently Bob Buell is not going to get a base hit this season. But there's always next year. Coming up is Kenny Hubbs, the man who started the triple play with a beautiful catch of a line drive off the bat of Joe Pignatano, that one was labeled base hit, but that's the kind you turn into triple plays if you turn them into triple plays. That's a ground ball, a high hop to third, taken by Mancia. Side on to Cranepool at first, in time to retire the side in the bottom of the eighth. So the Cubs go out with no runs, no hits, no errors, none left. McKenzie retiring him in order at the end of eight full innings of play. The score is the Chicago Cubs five and the New York Mets one. Well, again, since this is the final game of the season, we have the New York Mets telecasting and broadcasting crew, Ralph Cannon, Bob Murphy, our producer, Joe Gallagher, statistician Joe McDonald, and myself, Lindsay Nelson, want to thank uh, all of you who have uh, written to us during the season. Your cards and letters we hope to get acknowledged uh, during the offseason. And we also want to thank the entire crew and staff of the New York Mets for their assistance to us throughout the season. So, thanks to everybody on this, the final day of the season. What better way to use it than to pour yourself a tall, cold glass of Rheingold? You know, Rheingold is beer is beer. Should taste and dry tells you why. So, enjoy a friendly glass of Rheingold extra dry along with the game. Right now, we're going to the top half of the ninth inning. So, right now, coming in once again, Bob Murphy. Okay, Lindsay, we go along to the ninth inning now. Mets have their final turn at bat in the 62 season, unless they can come from behind and tie things up. Joe Christopher leading off in the top of the ninth inning. One ball and no strike. Frank Thomas, the on-deck batter, and then 17-year-old Ed Cranepool will be hitting for the first time in the game. Low and outside. Ball two, two and nothing. Buell pitching a strong game. He gave up only two hits over the first seven innings. The Mets picked up back-to-back singles in the eighth inning, and then Kenny Hubbs, who set a fielding record this year, provided an eye popper when he started a triple play. Right in there for a call strike, two and one. The triple play, the second of the year, the Mets turned one earlier this season for the only other triple play in the National League all year long. Now Buell winding, goes to a curve inside in a high three and one. Buell trying for his 12th win of the year. 1962 season. Coming right down now to a matter of outs. But there'll be only a momentary lapse for the New York Mets. They'll be operating a team in the Florida Winter League, which gets underway very soon. That's in there for a call strike, three and two. For Joe Christopher, of course, Joe is from the Virgin Islands, and so he has one of the longest trips of any of the Mets players to make in returning to his home. The last six weeks have been real good for him. A high pop fly to short left field. Moving out goes Andre Rogers. He's waved off by Billy Williams, and he makes the catch for the out. One away now in the ninth inning, and coming on to bat will be Frank Thomas. Frank hit a line drive homer earlier in the ballgame back in the fourth inning. 
his 34th home run of the year. Only one shy of his career high. He socked 35 while playing at Pittsburgh in one season. Donald standing close to the plate. Leans in and takes ball one. Well, despite the fact that the Mets have lost a lot of ball games this year, the old season has moved along rapidly. Lined hard down the left field line. A base hit for Frank Thomas, his second of the ball game. Billy Williams plays the ball back in, and Thomas takes the turn with a line single. In the second inning at San Francisco, Houston did not score. Dick Farrell pitching for Houston, Billy O'Dell for the Giants. The Cardinal-Dodger game about 15 minutes away from starting time. The National League pennant race down to the final day. The pennant still undecided. Now Buell up in the set position. Delivers a swing and a miss. Strike one. Hit Crane Pool hitting for the first time. Well, in the final game of the year at the Polo Grounds last Sunday, it was Ed Cranepool who doubled down the left field line and later scored the winning run as the Mets beat the Cubs in a thriller. Foul ball coming back, no play. Ed will be playing in Florida this year in the Winter League. He won't be 18 years old until November. He hit 342 after the Mets sent him out to play with the Auburn Mets in the Pony League. He did a real good job. Now Buell off the stretch delivers. Call strike. It's caught the outside corner, and Crane Pool is called out on strike. Two down now in the ninth inning. Now Felix Mantilla coming on. Felix has a double and three times up. If the Cubs win it, the Mets and Cubs will divide the season series, each team winning nine games. Pitch by Buell, outside and low, it's ball one. Now Buell off the stretch, delivers, goes to a curve, it breaks over for a call strike. One ball, one strike. Jim Hickman coming out on deck, hoping that Felix can save him a turn at bat here in the top of the ninth inning. The 1-1 pitch by Buell. Outside and low, it's ball two. A very pleasant day in Chicago. Not too chilly. Very comfortable in the ballpark. Now Buell looking in for his sign. The 2-1 pitch. And Felix has to jump back away from the plate on this one. It goes to three and one. Frank Thomas single to left with one down. Now there are two away. And a three and one count on Felix Mantilla. Mantilla cocks the bat. Now time is called down at first base by umpire Tony Benson. Rod Camille on the coaching lines at first. Valley at third. A smash it hard off the glove of Kenny Hubbs. He puts the ball to Rogers. The game is over, and the season is over. Fourth play from Kenny Hubbs to Andre Rogers, and the ball game is over. The Cubs winning it on a strong pitching effort by Bob Buell. No runs, one hit, no errors, and one left in the ninth inning. So the Cubs win it. The final score, 5-1. to one. We'll be back with the recap of the game in just a moment. You know, popularity, like Rheingold has, doesn't just happen. It's the result of millions of people agreeing that Rheingold has what they want in beer. A refreshing difference that they can recognize right off. And two little words tell you what the difference is. The two words, extra dry. Yes, sir, extra dry tells you Rheingold is beer as beer should taste. Brisk and bright and clean, clear through. That's Rheingold beer for you. And it is the beer for you. Rheingold is a better beer because it's the dry beer. It's a wonderful beer for those wonderful days we all like to enjoy. You know, even the flavor has a sparkle to it. 
You'll find that out with your very first glass of Rheingold Extra Dry, so why not do it right now? Join the millions who say, my beer is Rheingold the dry beer. Yes, sir, think of Rheingold whenever you buy beer. Buy some today, tonight, tomorrow, are the first chance you get. Discover the difference that dry makes. Ask for Rheingold Extra Dry Beer. The summary in today's game, Cubs five runs, seven hits, no errors, and eight left. The New York Mets one run, five hits, three errors, and five were left off. Winning pitcher Bob Buell and the losing pitcher was Bill Hunter, and the 1962 season comes to an end for the New York Mets. Been a pleasure broadcasting the games throughout the year with our colleagues Lindsey Dawson and Ralph Kiner. We hope you've enjoyed the games all the way, and we'll be looking forward to another season starting with the Mets in spring training in 1963. Right now, I'd like to remind you to enjoy fine coal Rheingold. Rheingold Extra Dry. Those two little words, Extra Dry, tell you why Rheingold is preferred by more New Yorkers than any other beer. Enjoy a nice cold ice cold glass of good Rheingold Extra Dry. Now, this is Bob Murphy saying so long for Lindsey Nelson and Ralph Kiner, our statistician Joe McDonald, our engineer Joe Kresnica, and our producer Joe Gallagher, and for cool cigarettes. You'll feel extra coolness in your throat when you come up to the menthol magic of cool. The final score in the last game of the season, Chicago Cubs 5 and the New York Mets 1. So long, everybody.